Coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. Good day, Michael. Good day, Dave. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I am beat. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I was uh, I took my little hot rod out to the track this weekend, and it's uh, two hours northeast northwest of Denver, out in the in the fields, and um, there was no sun. I mean, no, no clouds this weekend, and there are no trees out there at the track, and I just got burned to a crisp. Wow! Just just the heat and the and the car got hot, and the, but I had a whole lot of fun. So. But it's going to take me a couple of days to recover from this. <laughs> How about you, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, just hanging out with the llamas, hanging out with the, the alpacas. We took down uh, 20 trees this weekend and built a wall and put up a door and all that fun stuff. So my weekend was a little bit of work, but it looked really cool when we were done. Everything looked the way we wanted to. Well, that's, and that's uh, <laughs> you know, when you can see that. The, the handiwork in your hands at the end of the day, that's fulfilling. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of beetle kill up there. So you have these 20 acres of trees and beetles come in and they, and I, I guess probably 400 trees we lost on that property over the last two years. So we had some by fences and by outbuildings. And I looked at Wendy, I'm like, you know, we get winds here in Colorado. And when the winds pick up, last thing I need, I don't want to wake up with a pine tree looking at me through the window, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I just want to take care of that and and uh, of course, get a little exercise while I was doing it, right? So, uh, what are we going to talk about today? You know, I think we should talk about how to create exponential growth. Exponential growth, not just growth. Exponential yeah. growth. Yeah. So I got this story for you. So I got a question for you. Okay. You take a piece of paper and you fold it on on itself over and over and over again, fifty times. What do you think the distance is from end to end of that piece of paper if you fold it on top of itself 50 times? Yeah, I'm thinking six, seven inches. Nope, it'll get you to the sun. It's over 93 million miles because it's exponential. Holy smokes. So if you take like an inch and then two inches and four inches and eight inches, right? And then 16 inches and 32 inches and then 64 inches and it just doubles and doubles and doubles and doubles. After you do that 50 times, it gets ridiculous. Wow. 49 times, it gets you to Mercury, wow. the planet. So it's just, I, I read that and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So you look it up and it's true. Well, that's, you know, that term exponential is overused because when you speak of exponential, that's what I'm talking about. If you can take a piece of paper and fold it 50 times and get to, to the sun, that's exponential. That's crazy exponential. And uh, so, so, Creating exponential growth for the small and medium-sized business owner. Then, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, so, what does that look like? Well, you know, I remember owning my shop and living in the whirlwind and all that fun stuff. And then I remember going out to Philadelphia and meeting meeting an old boss of mine. And uh, he's like, process, 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 process. I mean, that's all he ever talked about. And uh, the really interesting thing about that was I always managed process by the output. You have inputs of a process, 
and you have an output of the process, right? Yes. The output is nothing but the result. So if you're always managing the result, you never work upstream. So he taught me, he hired some people, we went through some classes, and he taught me that of all about managing the input. So process thinking is you have an input like, hey, Mike, you look really sharp today. Mm -hmm. well, you, I always you? do, Dave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if I said, Mike, you're dressed like a slob, then what? Yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> so two different inputs. Yeah, yeah. So I could assume how you're going to react by that statement. Sure. But whatever input I feed into it, I'm going to get a similar desired result. But instead of saying, instead of saying, depending on what you say is what I'm going to say. Right, right, right. So really that testing theory and all that fun stuff. So, so then what that looks like, I mean, we, we always talk about the, the whirlwind in virtually every presentation. I mean, because these small and medium-sized businesses are in the urgent and important, which is the whirlwind. Yep. And the urgent and important is people putting stuff on your desk and you got to get to it. And we say that's the best way to do one year five times, right? Instead of five years. And it's because because you're managing outputs. That's right. And, but if you spend any time in the important, not urgent quadrant, mm -hmm. that's where your inputs are going to yield oversized or outsized outputs. That's a great point because if you sit there and you don't manage the important, not urgent, what's going to wind up happening is the important is going to become urgent. And all it does is create a vacuum and sucking you into the whirlwind sure, because sure. all these important things that you should have gotten to or should have really invested in, they're going to come around and it's, it's, it's going to come crashing at some point in time and you're going to get stuck, right? Yep. It's going to become a problem. So, wow. so the whirlwind in business is, is crazy because you're just chasing your tail and it's like a vortex. I hate to say it, but you, you're stuck in it. Right, yeah, yeah. machine broke down. Employee doesn't show up. The tool, the special tooling you you ordered didn't show up when you needed it to. Um, you need a holiday falls on a timeline that you you quoted a timeline on a project to lead time, and a holiday's in the middle of it, and you just forgot to take out two days that you lost for production. Sure, sure. You know, little things all the time, and they add up to where all you're doing is running around like a like a fireman, like a person with your hair on fire. Right, you aren't getting anywhere. So it's really, it's really this interesting notion that all you do is problem solve because all you have is problems and you yeah. have to solve them all the time. Sure, and sure. therefore you're in a whirlwind and you, how do you get out of it? It's really a, I noticed in my shop, it was a real mental switch. It's almost like I had to break a cycle to force myself out of the whirlwind. You know, it's almost like a black hole pulling back to my wife, as, as lovely as she is, she would call my business the black hole, right? Yeah. It, would, it would just take as much as I would give it. I would keep giving it more. So I had to break a cycle to actually start working on the important but not urgent stuff. It's really difficult to change that mindset. So how do you, so what's the relationship between, you know, breaking the, uh, the urgent, important vortex and, and process thinking then? Because you mentioned process thinking. What? What, what's what's the uh, the counter? I guess. Well, I think uh, the number one thing is you have to make time. Yeah. You have to carve time out. Whether it's and if you can't do it in the shop, then do it outside the shop. You know, go to a coffee shop. Go to 
go to a park. I don't, I don't care where you go, but go somewhere else for a second. Write a detailed list on some things that really need to get done Yes, that you can see are going to get you somewhere. So, And then write down the item that needs done, and then write down a brief plan. You know, Say, hey, um, I need to add a machine. Yep. What yep. kind of machine do I have to add? Well, step back for a second. What kind of work are you getting? Not only what kind of work are you getting, what kind of what is the most profitable kind of work that you get? Sure, sure. And then what machine would get the most profitable kind of work that I'm getting yes. done the most efficient way? Yes. And then you plan it and say, okay, maybe I look at a DMG Mori, maybe I look at a Doosan, maybe I look at a Mazak, I look at these brands and say, well, who can answer this question that yields me the most profit and the least amount of labor? Because labor is so stinking hard to find, right? Sure, sure. So it's building... It's building, taking your important thing and then planning and say the input's going to be, I'm going to buy this machine. Well, man, the Mazak's a really good machine, and I'm not knocking on Mazak at all, but what if the Mazak takes a year and a half to get, but the Doosan's on the shelf? Are you willing to wait a year and a half for something that's going to save you two seconds or 20 seconds sure, on sure. a part that's a 15-minute part? I would venture to say no because you're going to lose a, a year and a half of that revenue. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you might have to make up for it in tooling or something else. So you, you just have to really evaluate and lay out your process, lay out the input, and then say this is the output that I need, and what kind of input do I do I need to feed into it to get that, to get that output. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so I, I'm sure that, you know, when we talk to, you know, our – clients about planning, they look at us and they just kind of get glazed over because who likes the plan and, and the issue, because they say the plan is not even worth the paper that it's written on two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and we answer, it's not the plan that's important. It's the planning that's, that's right. important. Right? It is so important because if you don't have a roadmap, guess where you're stuck. Sure. And your road will get you there. Yep. That's and, and that's how you get pulled back into the, uh, into the world. Right? That's right. And so the idea of, uh, of you know this process thinking is 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 planning your inputs so that you can have outsized outputs. That's right, and, and and it's really pretty neat because based on the input that you feed your process, it's gonna it's gonna give you an output in a specific direction, and you get to choose which direction you want it to go. Yeah, just yeah. like throwing a baseball on a pitch. Do I spin it right or do I spin it left? Do I throw try to throw a ball with no spin? So when you calculate put an input in, you can somewhat you can judge where that output's gonna go. And you should be able to plan around profit, plan around people, plan around your machine, plan around, you know, the customer, you know, or the market you're gonna be in. And if you drive one step over another step over another step in that same direction. Guess what? That's when you get the exponential effect, right? Sure, sure. So but, you know, uh, so I'm a small, medium-sized business owner, and I and I'm living in my cave because that's what I've observed. These guys don't get out of their cave, um, and they want to start pursuing process thinking. Then you know, you know, you make a plan. Um, and then you have to make mid-course corrections because the plan wasn't all that good. So it's almost like testing. Lots of mid-course corrections. If you're yeah. doing it on your own, then lots of mid-course corrections. Yeah. So how you know how does that small and medium-sized business owner, you know, get beyond, you know, I got I have to make a hundred mid-course corrections because I I had a plan, but it just wasn't a good plan because I didn't know any better. 
it's a testing method, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just everything's an experiment when you do it by yourself because sure. when you say who who has he who has, has himself, himself as, as a, a client as a fool as a lawyer or whatever as a fool as a uh, he who has himself as an attorney has a fool for a client. That's right. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm not a lawyer, so I, I don't. But you say it enough, I should know it. Yeah. Um, but if all you do, you can only see things through your lens. When I was running my shop, I was working so many hours, ridiculous amounts of hours, and leaving, going here, going there, going to customers, traveling, doing all this stuff. But I didn't seek. It, it isn't that I didn't take advice. Because advice is out there, but sure, it sometimes sure. it's not going to come knocking on your door. You have to seek it out. Yeah, yeah. And and so if I'm talking about a machine shop, I might not go sit down and talk to my doctor about that. He's not going to give me, you know, he may not give me good advice unless he used to be a machinist or something sure, in school. But, sure. But you want to go seek counsel to kind of bring that in. Otherwise, all you do is test and test and test. You'll get there. Hopefully, you have enough time to get there. But it's going to take two, three, four, five, six, seven times longer to get there because you have to test and test, make all those mid-course corrections. But the fastest way, the one thing that I wish I had done, if I were to go back and talk to my young self, I would have surrounded myself with wise counsel because that is the difference maker. That is the difference between testing 100 times and testing two or three times or once. Sure, you know? sure. Well, well they, that makes sense to me because... Um, they, it, it, you know, if you've done any research at all and, you know, you talk to your financial planner or whatever, mm -hmm. the first million dollars, it comes hard. It is so hard to get that first million dollars. Second million comes fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's you got to get over that hump, right? And um, so that the, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's about the habits of millionaires. And then there's a, it's, and it, it was written by PhDs who studied millionaires. There's a follow-on book called The uh, Millionaire Mind. And what I found fascinating about this book is it was it studied the habits of people worth ten million or more. They're called decamillionaires. And the thing that jumped off the page at me is decamillionaires all have like ninety eight percent of them. It's just a normal overwhelming number of them mm -hmm. have a personal board of directors, and it might be a pastor and a insurance agent and a close friend, maybe a, a, a in law or something. But they have like three to five people that they run everything by. What stock to invest in, what play to go see, where to go have vacation, what, what car to buy. What workout to do. What workout, yeah. With nutrition, mean, everything. Absolutely. And and so when you have a personal board of directors and, they, and they're all individuals who may or may not know each other, you know, if you're on my personal board of directors, I ask you about something, your response is gonna be a little different than say, my buddy Brian, because mm -hmm. you know, just different approach to life. That's right. But when you have five guys that you're running something by, what are the chances of you uh, not being successful? Very low. Yeah, you because almost, you're dealing with every facet of the decision. Yeah, you're covering you're covering all your bases. It is exponential. It's almost like you can't make a bad. Decision. So there you go. So you're asking your four or five board directors, and you're getting four or five pieces of information. So instead of five inputs you have one input with five different influences yes so yes. instead of input test input test right input test output input test output now you have one really well thought out input, input. giving you you know a 95 97 percent chance of the output the exact output you're looking absolutely. for absolutely right? 
Absolutely, because these guys have all done their own version of testing. That's right. And I've done my own version of testing when they ask me a question. So. And it's so important to get somebody outside your day-to-day, somebody that looks at your situation from the outside. We call it being a dust-free mayor. Dust-free mayor, that's right. And, you know, that's, I, I got to tell you, that's that's been the, the joy of EBITDA Growth Systems. Um, you know, I've had some successes, I've had some failures, um, but... You know, when we speak to small and medium-sized companies, um, you know, it just jumps off the page at us oftentimes. Hey, don't do this, do that. Because, you know, the last 50 companies that we've worked with, we've, we've seen what happens when you do that. So That's let's right. not do that. That's right. And we've seen what happens when you do this, so do this. And when you do this, it's, it's nuts, man. It's going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's just it's exciting to know that you have some answers. You have all the answers. You got a lot of the answers that you can create exponential growth for our clients. It's it's so wonderful being part of an organization that uh, for some reason we have a lot of like minds joining our team. Yeah. And it's and it's we're not even trying, it's just happening because we're so focused on doing the right thing. Yeah. And being yeah. very mission minded and our mission is uh, is really contagious. Have you noticed how contagious our mission is? Yeah, yeah. People definitely relate to it. To to impact lives by improving business performance, and people are like, "That sounds like something that I can take with me as a legacy." Right? Yeah, yeah. And and when you have over two hundred years of experience in a room looking at one problem, what are the chances of you missing? Yeah, no, it's it's like it, it, the millionaire mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I mean, it, that's I I couldn't say it better. I love what we do at Even Grow Systems. That's why our coaching is our flagship and what we do for people. That's why, uh, that's why we bolt on everything we have to try to zoom that in to make sure the input's good. For first, we pull people out of the world and we say you just can't be here because the more you're in there, the worse it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then you put together a good plan. We help people with that. We help people get through that plan to get the desired output. And that's why our brain problems like falling off a wagon. I mean Absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's not even it's not even hard. So it's what EGS is. It's a personal board of directors. Yeah. Right on Dave. Right on Mike. EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.